Pastor Norm is at home because he decided on Friday he hadn't had enough excitement in his life that he decided to have appendicitis and had to have his appendix removed. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It was, it was, but you want to know something? Thank you, Odsego Memorial Hospital. You know, they, from the, the minute we stepped in there, were so helpful and attentive. It was amazing, and I'm sure God had his hand on them. But we walked into the ER at 5.30. He went to ER, to surgery, and we were home by 10. Yeah! Yeah, I woke up Saturday morning going, did that really happen? And then, yeah, I looked at Pastor Norm, I said, yep, it did. <laughs> so he's home recuperating, and um, I know he, what he said on the ride home Friday night, number one, he goes, let's go look at the Northern Lights. On the way home, I said, are you crazy? You're going straight home. And he goes, well, you know, I'm going to be there Sunday morning. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> so he was trying. I'm so glad to be here today. The kids and the J-Hires are staying in here because both Sarah and Melinda felt like they needed to hear what I've got to say today. And I am talking on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Woohoo! Which is a fun subject, amen? It's my favorite. So, But um, I just want to give a little introduction that years ago, when I was praying at the altar, the Lord gave me a vision, and we've been standing on this vision. You hear it every once in a while, but lately it's just come to life. That our parking lot was full of people. They were hurting. They were bandaged. They were sick. They were dying. They were bleeding. They were stinky. They smelled bad. And God said, I'm bringing them to you. And we were in the parking lot laying on hands as many people as we could to get them healed, to get them saved, because not only physically were they hurting, spiritually they were hurting. And we've held on to this vision, knowing our church is a hospital. A few months ago, Pastor Norm had a board meeting, and he asked us to ask God what we needed to do. And I was praying again, and the Lord came to me and said, it's time to open the doors of the hospital. We not only had them pouring in from the parking lot, they were pouring into here, and all of you, in one way or another, were touching and healing, being the nurses, the doctors, the cleanup crew. God has such a work for us, and we need all of you to be part. I am so excited what God's going to do here, that this hospital is our vision. I don't, we don't have any right now, any fancy three-word thing like most churches do. What's the vision of your church? So when people ask, we're a hospital. And I don't even know what it all entails. I know um, Martha Jo, at the same time, had had a vision, and I would called her because I saw her in this vision. And she goes, yeah, I was waiting for someone to call. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. She shared her vision, which was right along the same lines. And I just kept throwing my hands up going, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's, you know, it's okay not to know what's next. What's important is you know who's in your heart and what you're doing. Amen? Amen. So that vision was magnified, and he's saying it's time to open the doors and touch lives. And recently, we have experienced an excitement in this church. I mean, God is doing something different. And talking with some of our department leaders, 
they're feeling it too. They can feel the excitement, not only in the volunteers, but the people they're serving. It is so cool. We're seeing new people come in. Do you realize almost 30 people are taking pace-setting leadership again? Yeah, and I want you to know, Miss Melinda's youth group, almost the whole youth group is taking it. We are pouring into these kids. We have kids that want to be on the altar worker team. We have kids that want to intercede. And they're more powerful than all of us adults. Sorry to say. But, I mean, you're powerful too. But there's something about a child when they pray for you. So the other thing is, is this, we're raising up and training the altar workers and the intercessors. And if you want to be a part, this Saturday, April 1st from 10 to 3, we're having a workshop on the altar workers. Um, come. And we've got a brand new name for this department, Frontline Ministries. So when you hear Frontlines, we're talking about praying and believing and interceding and laying hands on it. If you want to be a part of that, and we need you to be a part of that, come see what it's all about. We you know, we're in a really good place, and we really need all of you to fulfill the hurts of our community. Amen? With that said, again, I wanted to tell you, I felt like the Lord was telling me to share about the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And last week, Pastor Norm brought a father and son up who went into the prayer room before service, and they both received that gift. Whoa, that is so cool. And to me, that was a confirmation that I was to do what I was I'm doing. And maybe you're not sure what this is or what it means and how you can receive this precious gift. I want to share with you some of the things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's start with what you need to do before you're seeking the Holy Spirit. Number one is you need to be born again. And in the words of Nicodemus, well, what does that mean? You mean I have to go back up and get born again? That's not possible. Yeah, they had, you know, that's exactly what he was saying. And then it was explained to him, no, that's not what it means. It means that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He came to save each and every one of us so that we would have a home in eternity. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, I believe you did that. I believe in you. I want you to be Lord over my life and what's going on. I accept you as my Savior. That's what born again is. And it's as simple as saying, Lord, you got me. I want to be yours. And you say it out loud, and you're saved. Simple as that. <laughs> I hear Corbin back there. So you need to give your heart to Jesus, confess your sins, and believe that Jesus died on the cross. It's just as, and if you believe those words, it's just as easy as raising your hand and saying, I accept, and I want Jesus to be in my life. And if you've made Jesus part of your life, that next step is the baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. If you haven't, right now, I want everyone to bow their head. If, if you haven't made Jesus Christ your Savior and you want to today, I just want to take a moment and pray with you. So with every head bowed, 
How many here have already given their hearts to Jesus? Raise your hand. Amen. Most everybody. Is there anyone in here that wants to give their heart to Jesus today that hasn't before? Raise your hand. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's just pray right now as a family. And as I, you can pray after me, but say it out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and raising again in three days. Father, I believe what you said. I need you in my heart. Will you be my, my God and my Savior right now, this Sunday morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations to those that, woo! Amen. The reason I wanted to do it right now is because I know later on I'm going to have an altar call for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now I want everybody to have that chance. And maybe, you know, I've even been praying, maybe even before I get to that spot, you're just going to feel it in your belly and you're going to start speaking forth in tongues. Amen? Amen. amen. Okay, go for it anytime you want. <laughs> so the first thing is have being born again. The second thing is, is having a strong foundation. You know, a building built on sand is no good, is, is it? Your spiritual walk, you don't want it built on sand. You don't want to be questioning every step that you take. Well, you need something to rely on. And God gave us the word, the Bible, just for that. This is your firm foundation, the word of God. And when you don't understand or someone blasts you a question that you're going, oh, I, I don't know what, I, I could never, you just go, it's in the Word. I've got to believe it. If it says it in the words, it's so. In the Bible, it's so. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture, say it with me, all is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, who's the servant of God? That's right, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I stand on the scripture. I've had people try to argue and debate, and I just go, 2 Timothy 3.16, it's right there. You can say all you want, but this is where I put my faith and my stand. This is your starting point to have the confidence that Jesus is the answer. And when you get confused, or you just don't have an answer, you turn to the word and you stand on it. So, you've given your heart to Jesus. You know where your foundation is, the word of God. Then it's time to start seeking the Holy Spirit. You know, and a lot of people, how in the world do you do that? You know, I love the book of Acts. It's probably one of the fav my favorite books in the Bible. It's the beginning. It's when the disciples came from that. They, they didn't know what to do. And so they started leaning on what they had heard from Jesus and the word that they had. And they started making a church. They organized a church. I think, Jeff, you had something on Facebook about organized church, religion, and disorganized. I loved it. Even the disciples had organized church. Amen? Amen? So, the 
the book of Acts shares how he did this and how the disciples did it. Go home and read Acts. It's awesome. Jesus told the disciples that after he departed to go to the upper room and wait. He also told them he would send a comforter that would give them power. Let's read. I'll read it. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift from my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They did not understand. <laughs> How many times does God tell us we don't understand? God is so good. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Guess what? That includes all of us. He was giving us the power to subdue. That is so important. And as, we, as you read in the first part of it, he actually says, for John baptized with water. So some people who have that argument, well, they're talking about being baptized in water. How could that happen if Jesus said, well, they already, some of them were baptized in water. This is a different baptism. So right in the word, it's saying you need to be baptized. And in Acts 2, 1 through 4, you read how those that waited in the upper room were all filled, not just a few, but all. They received power that they didn't have before. I love that. How many of us would have been able to sit in that room as long as they did? You don't have to raise your hand because I'd have to raise my hand right with it. I'd probably last 10 minutes and be going, But everyone that stayed in that room received. Can you imagine those that left early to go get McDonald's or, or, or to go to the store? How they felt when they saw what they missed? I don't want to miss out on God, do you? So this morning when we, we bring you up here, don't leave. Come and be a part. Because all receive what Jesus Christ has to offer. If you walk away, you might not. And you know, Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost came, ooh, I get chilly bumps every time. They were all together in one place, and then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow. They were different men when they left that room. They were filled with power and boldness that they hadn't had before. And we need that today. More than anything, we need that today. So... After that, the disciples went out 
and began to share the good news. They had a new fervor. They were excited. They had something to share with believers and non-believers to get them saved. And just, I want to make sure I'm doing the foundation steps that you understand this really happened. Acts 8, 14 through 17 says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, they went from place to place, and sometimes they would run into people and say, oh, we, we've already accepted Jesus. We're, and you know, what was the first thing they asked them? Well, have you received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? And a lot of times they'd go, we had no, don't know anything about that. And they would stop and lay hands on them. Acts 19, 1 through 6, while Apollos was, was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked him, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of a repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Again, you see the only evidence is speaking in tongues. Some people feel like they've received the Holy Spirit, and this is my theology, it's not in the word, but I feel like when you get saved, you get a portion. You get some. But when you step out and ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with that evidence of speaking in tongues, it fills you up and overflows and whoosh! The power and the boldness is there. It says that in the scriptures. So that, to me, is important. So I shared how the disciples will feel, and you're probably sitting here going, well, what about me? How do I do it? How can you receive this gift? You can ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit anytime. You don't have to come up to the altar. Most of the time, you will, and have someone pray for you, and you'll receive it. You can receive it at home when you're praying, or sometimes it just happens. You know, years ago, when I was in children's, I was teaching on Acts chapter 1 and 2. And on a Sunday, I had two different moms come to me and say, my son woke up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues, and he didn't even know what it was. Two in one week. And the other one, she found him crying. He goes, Mom, I'm saying things I don't understand. And we were able to sit down and explain to them God was moving in their hearts. They didn't even know what it was and they received it. That can happen. That was so exciting. So have you ever felt like, and this is something, again, 
for the baptism. Have you ever felt like you need to pray about something, but you don't know how to pray? Or something overwhelming happens, and you're thinking, I don't know how to pray for this. That's when you use the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. My most favorite story, and I, I started to put in what happened Friday because on the way into the hospital, we didn't know what was wrong with Pastor Norm, and he about passed out in the car, and I'm driving like a wild woman through Mr. Way, <laughs> and I'm praying in tongues because I didn't know how to pray. Well, this happened years ago when we first got saved. We, he was out mowing the yard, and he had disconnected the, the um, power steering or the power drive to, for the lawnmower. So he was getting ready to crank up the lawnmower. He pulled the chain, and there was a gear that was about this big sticking out with teeth. It grabbed his tennis shoe and pulled him in, pulled his foot in. To the gear was sunk almost to the big toe. All I could see was like three or four teeth. So he's been over the lawnmower like this yelling for me. I think I was four or five months pregnant at the time. And I go running out there, and I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't turn the lawn or try to turn it on. I didn't want to pull his foot out. And at the time, we had one set of neighbors that we, we, had, we were really good friends with. On the other side were three or four bachelor guys that I, you know, I really didn't talk to them that much. I mean, it was like a bachelor's pad, you know, I, being married, I don't want to go over there. So I'm standing there, thinking, God, what do I do? And I start speaking in tongues. I went immediately to that bachelor's. I didn't even knock. I, both, I opened the door, and they were in the dining room. I'm like, Norm, lawnmower, foot. That's all I could get out because I didn't know what to do. I was just, ah. And he came out, and he goes, okay. And so he honestly put his hand under the lawnmower and recranked it back out over his foot. It was not bleeding at all. He goes, take him right to ER. So we got him in the car. And in Lansing, back then, Saginaw Street was huge. I mean, it was traffic. It was a, not easy to maneuver. So I get out on Saginaw to go to the hospital, and all I could do was scream in tongues. I was, shut up, shut up, shut up, because I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do. But I knew God did. So we get to the hospital. I'm helping him in, and then the nurse goes, Who's the patient? I was just white as a ghost. <laughs> and so they had to take the shoe off. At this point, there's still no blood. They take his shoe off, and they look at it, and they go, oh, okay. One of the toes was almost cut off, but they were able to sew it back on. All the rest of the toes weren't touched, even though it went totally over it and back over it. It was a miracle. And I really believe God did the one toe that would stay crooked so he would remember that he, he did something special in his life. <laughs> and we actually kept that tennis shoe for years, but it got so stinky we couldn't keep it anymore. It was an awesome object lesson to say, see where it was? But God, I'm so thankful I had been filled at that point because I didn't know how to pray. And Jesus was there interceding for me, and he knew exactly what to pray. He knew exactly what to do. And he will know exactly what to do in your life. Whatever situation you're going through right now, when you have that baptism in the Holy Spirit, he's going to help you through.
So when you don't know how to pray, that's when you use that gift. I believe that God wants us to totally humble ourselves and show him we love him so much that we're willing to do something that doesn't make sense. You know, it's so true. I mean, God used things in the Bible to, what's that word, Uh, confuse the wise. And he knew exactly what to say and how to say it. And I believe that God wants to use us, but he wants to make sure we're totally sold out to him, that we're willing to do something that makes no sense at all. You know, I always, when I'm praying or I have somebody at the altar, I always say, okay, think from the neck down. Don't think with your brain. Think from your neck down with your heart. Because God's going to do something special, and you need to be able to put yourself aside and your pride See, he wants to humble us. He wants to know we're humble enough to be used. We're humble enough to lean on him no matter what. Because I don't know if y'all are like me. I'm very independent, and i got to do it myself if I can. But I'm learning. Did I hear somebody laugh over there? (laughs) I'm learning. As I get older, that I need help. I really tried yesterday to get out there and run that snowblower. I didn't make it between the two cars with the shovel, and I was totally out of it. <laughs> Thank goodness for my son, Troy. He came over and snowblowed our driveway. Where, if that had been 20 years ago, Mama Moo would have been going, Watch out, watch this! But with the Lord, humble yourself. Ask God what he wants to do in your life. Give him total control. So when you start speaking in the heavenly language, you will feel the joy and the power that comes with being filled. You know, part of it is supernatural. And the other part's natural. You know, I I think sometimes we get this idea that the Holy Spirit, when we come up to receive it, all we have to do is this. And we look around and go, I'm not getting anything. We're expecting God to... That doesn't work that way. Just in our life, we walk with Christ. He's going to use the Holy Spirit with our intellect too. We have to form the words. We have to, in a way, make them up. It's not what it is, but that's what it feels like. And when the Holy Spirit starts to do that in you, your brain's going, you're making these words up. This is silly. You're just saying blah, blah, blah. And you have to say, "Uh uh-uh, nope, I ain't listening to you because my spirit man needs this more than my brain. You just shut up up there. And it's true. You have to put it aside. God isn't going to have you do something you don't want to do you got to want to do it. So when you begin to say, God, I just want you. I want this Holy Spirit. Think from your neck down. Think with your spirit, man, not your brain. That is not easy. We're not wired like that. You also need to speak it out loud so your own ears can hear it. You're not just going to stand there and go, okay, I got it. 
you need to speak it out. You, and, and you have to practice it. I know it sounds really strange. You have to practice it. You have to, if you receive it today, on the way home, put that worship music on and just let her go with, with your, use tongues wrong when I sing, be tongues. There's nothing, and you know, that's probably why I get all the words of the songs wrong when I sing, because I like to sing in the spirit, so I haven't learned them, and I don't, I close my eyes when I sing, so evidently I was messing the words up again this morning, and both my daughter-in-law and my son were laughing at me. That's me. I told her, I said, you know, when I'm gone, that's what you're going to remember. You're going to giggle every time. (laughs) So, you just need to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Just take that step. Don't overthink it. And if you try and don't receive it for some reason, keep on trying. Rose Elsesser shared with me her testimony on receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, Cheryl Salem was here several years ago. And I tell you what, if anybody you can receive the Holy Spirit from is Cheryl Salem. Man, that woman's a prayer warrior, and she goes after you, and she don't stop till you get something. Well, Rose was up, and Cheryl was praying for her, and Rose just didn't feel like she got it. And she went away a little disappointed, but she didn't give up. And I don't know how, if it was months later, I don't know when it was, but we had a women's ministry meeting, a prayer time together. And I was speaking, and after I had the women come up at the altar or where we were and started praying, and I don't even know what Rose went up for prayer for, but I just put my hand on her and said, Jesus, give her everything she needs. Boom! And she started speaking in tongues. So don't give up. You never know if you're seeking it. God's going to give it to you. I know we also had uh, someone who worked for us in children's ministry years ago. She had prayed for the baptism for 15 years. And we were doing an evening service on the baptism. And Pastor Norm and I decided to get a cow's tongue. And we threw that back and forth, you know, talking about speaking in tongues, the cow tongue. We had a cow tongue toss, a relay race. And it was fun and um had a great time, but when the altar came, there were over 50 or 60 people that received the baptism. And she was one. She finally received it. So I don't know what's, what, that, what happens when you don't receive it, and, but just keep trying. Show God you're going to be tenacious to get that Holy Spirit. You want it so bad. And I know for Pastor Norm and I, we, were, we didn't receive it at the altar. We prayed for it. We didn't get it. We went home. Pastor Norm was in one bedroom. I was in the other. And we were just praying. And through that, God touched us. And we received it. Amen? So when you're filled with the Spirit, you can use this gift in your prayer life, in worship, and when you don't know how to pray. It's powerful for you as a believer. And it becomes part of your prayer time. And you know what? It actually keeps you protected when you don't even realize you need protecting. Amen? So I'm already at the conclusion. I've never been known for being long-winded. So Sarah, if you want to come up. (laughs) I've done pretty good. (laughs) Um... If 
like I said, if you believe that the Bible is a firm foundation and you've given your heart to Jesus and you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit, then we want to pray for you to receive it today. We really do. The prayer team, the altar, the frontline ministry has been praying. And believe, man, they had an awesome prayer time again this morning. So come after it. Sometimes I think we make things so complicated when it's so simple. And you can come to the altar and you can have someone pray for you today. But it is up to you to accept the gift. It is up to you to open your mouth and form those words. Sometimes we have to think with our heart and not with our heads. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for this time. For some, they're going to walk out this door today and be filled with something they haven't had and be have so much joy and power. It'll be a brand new day with you. God, just touch us today. Fill us. And for those that have already had the baptism and speak in tongues, sometimes we just need to come to the altar and get more. Be filled again. It's okay. God, we just want to be used of you. We want to be that hospital, the hands and feet of Jesus, touching, believing. Even when people are stinky, smelly, yucky, we want to hug them, love them into the kingdom. So God, will you do the work today? Will you fill this people so that we can have even more to draw to the kingdom? We just thank you and praise you for that today in Jesus' mighty name. So if you're seeking the Holy Spirit and you want it today,